Because it's real easy, real easy, spoken from experience, to convince yourself that you did a hard workout hard, even though you know that you didn't exactly do it as hard as you could. Episode 1209, Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, developing your intensity discipline. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by my friends over at Dry Seats. Once again, love to have them on board as a sponsor. And look, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe just maybe you aren't like me. Uh, I just, you know, <laughs> pretty much have my dry seat on my car, on the seat of my car. And uh, I just, it, I just leave it there. You know, eventually it gets dirty enough that I'd take it off and, and throw it in the washing machine or just hit it with the hose. But, you know, whatever. Let's, I'm a simple creature. Right? Cleanliness is not uh, not exactly the highest thing on, on my order of operations, my hierarchy of needs, if you will. But that said, you know, I don't, I don't like having a car seat that's just completely disgusting, hence the dry seat. But maybe, maybe you're like, not like me and you don't want to just drive around in your day-to-day life with your dry seat on your car seat. Hey, that's okay. Let me tell you that having a dry seat in the trunk for just in case, not a bad idea. Especially, you know, when it comes to running, like you might be saying to yourself, Diz, you know, you talk about the funk. I don't get that. I don't get that funky during my runs. A, I disagree, but Hey, you know, you, you be the judge of your own funk. That's, that's fine. But what happens when something goes a little bit sideways on a run? Maybe, maybe you're out cruising along and there's like a random rain, rain shower that you come upon and you get back to the car and you're dripping wet. Do you want to get your dripping wet self all over your car seat? Cause guess what? That's funk. No, you don't. So you got the dry seat in your, in your trunk, in your back seat, whatever, whatever the case might be, you grab it, you install it in like 1.7 seconds, not stopwatch approved, but pretty close. Like that's about what it takes. Um, maybe, maybe just maybe you, uh, slip and fall on the trail and now you've got a, a muddy backside. You want to get, you want to get that all over your seats? No, you don't get your dry seat out and don't come at me with like, but Diz, I've got that spring break 97 towel in, in the back of my car. That's just for that. That spring break 97 towel a needs to probably be retired because it needs to go into the rag bag, but you know, whatever, whatever beach towel that you have that you, you're like, ah, I just put this on my seats when I, you know, that's a pain in the tuchus. You know, it is because every time you try to install that joker, you, you get it in there. You think it's just right. And by the time your backside hits the seat, the, the towel has shifted, spring break is over, and you're getting funk all over your car seats. So get yourself a dry seat. You won't regret it. Whether it's a holiday present, whether it's a, it's a self-Santa present, whether it's just, you know what, a treat yourself type of thing. Get yourself a dry seat and uh, let them know you heard about, heard about them here on Diz Runs Radio so that they know their, their advertising dollars are being put to good use. The website, get it from their website. It's the same price as on Amazon. But, you know, cuts out the middleman. Bezos doesn't need his cut. Get it from their website, dry-seats.com. That's D-R-I-seats.com. Use the code DIZ20 at checkout. That'll save yourself 20% on your order and 100% guarantee that you have funk-free car seats for the rest of your running days. Just with just with a simple one-time purchase of a dry seat. Can't go wrong. Thanks to Mike and the crew for sponsoring the episode and uh, the continued support. And thanks, y'all, for su- supporting the sponsors. Uh, Because that certainly helps keep things going around here. Speaking of keeping things going around here today, we are wrapping up the three-part series on some tips, some tricks, some suggestions. Really not tricks. 
some tips and some suggestions on ways to become a better runner, however you define that for yourself. We all have our own different definitions, whether it's pace, whether it's distance, whether it's consistency, which we kind of talked a whole lot about last week, whether it's resilience, staying healthy, um, whatever, whatever your definition of, I want to do X, Y, Z, and that will help make me a better runner. Um, there, there are kind of like, like we talked about already, there's, there's three main buckets. Not that there's only three ways to become a better runner, but there, there tends to be three common themes that I've seen as a coach that can help people improve, help people move forward towards whatever running goal they are currently working towards. And ultimately two and three and four goals down the road. Uh, two weeks ago, an episode, uh, 12, what, what are we talking about? 1207. Uh, we talked about pumping up the volume, running, running a few more miles and how, that can help you become a, actually that was episode 1206. What am I talking about here? 1206 was adding more miles to become a better runner. 1207 last week was focusing on consistency, not so much day to day. That's more of a frequency issue, but year to year and, and continuing to kind of gradually build consistently years at a time, not years at a time, but year over year and where that can, can take you, you know, decades down the line, because I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, you're not just worried about being a better runner next week, maybe not even next year, but it's, it's the next age group. It's the master's division. It's the grand master's division. How can I continue to improve for, for many, many years down the road? Consistency is huge. Last but not least in terms of kind of common, common low hanging fruits, if you will, common buckets of, um, you know, areas where, where a lot of folks could maybe stand to improve and that's discipline with their intensity. And, and by that, I mean training intensity. Um, no, this isn't going to be a one giant commercial for heart rate training. Although if you've been listening for, for a while, you know where I stand on heart rate training. I'm a fan. Um, but the, we are going to talk about heart rate a little bit in here because that's one surefire way to, to make sure that your easy runs are easy, which is a, which is an, an intensity play. But first just want to do kind of define what I mean by intensity discipline. Just, just so we're on the same page. Um, when I'm talking about intensity and being disciplined with your intensity, w- w- ultimately what I'm saying to make it as simple as possible is that your easy runs should be easy and not just, I feel like they're easy. That felt pretty easy, but actually physiologically easy. That's where we'll get them to heart rate in just a second. Your hard runs should be hard, right? Like, like you should be working hard for a hard workout because that's, that's one of the keys to spurring growth. Absolutely is. Now, you know, as we've talked about in the past and, and, and where this becomes a problem is if you're doing too many hard runs that can lead to, to breaking down physically, which can lead to injury, which can disrupt volume, which can disrupt consistency, which can, can ultimately result in losing some of the, the, the hard, you know, the, the fitness gains that you've worked hard for, you get injured, you're out for six weeks, eight weeks, you know, longer than that. And you know, not that you're starting from square one, but you're, you're starting from a, a reduced level of fitness than you were when you got injured. So if we can avoid injury by not going hard too often, that's huge. But maybe more importantly, if, if your easy runs aren't really easy, it limits how hard you can go on your hard days. Even though it might feel hard physiologically, you're not pushing as hard as you could if you were coming into those hard workouts a little bit more fresh. And a surefire way to do that is to keep your easy runs easy. Now, as, as I've talked about, in the past as, as I will not apologize for being a heart rate training evangelist, a believer. I think that's the best way, especially for your easy runs to keep, to, to make sure that your easy runs are easy. Cause too often 
you know, I, I've said it before, you know, especially when I was new to heart rate trainer before I got into heart rate. Training, oh yeah. I'm, I'm, that felt pretty easy. And it was physiologically, it was way too hard because we, we get comfortable at a certain level of effort. And if, if we don't know any better, that level of effort can be harder than we want it to be. feel like it's a no pain, no gain scenario. We're pushing a little bit. Oh, that felt, that felt pretty good. That felt pretty easy, but we were working too hard. Now, when, when you're, when you're measuring with a heart rate strap and yes, it's a heart rate strap. Don't get out of here with your, your, your watch, even the armband eh, sketchy. Cause, cause let's not forget that neither of those are actually measuring your heart rate. They're just measuring blood flow, which is not the same thing as heart rate, but that's, that's a soapbox I'll get on for another day, another time. This isn't the place. If you, if you have a, a heart rate strap or, or even if, if you're just using the talk test, um, some type of, of way of making sure that your heart rate or that your effort, sorry, not your heart rate, but that your effort is easy, truly easy. That's huge. It's huge. It's a game changer. Now, if you're still struggling with the idea that running easy is the best way to race fast, again, this isn't the place, this isn't the episode where we're going to convince you of that. Um, it might be something that comes up in the, in the new year a little bit. Certainly there's some of that in the archives, but running easy, legitimately easy is, is huge for building your base. And again, it's, it's, it sets yourself up to go hard on the hard days because you won't be fatigued going into those hard days. Now, if you don't want to use heart rate, if you don't want to use the talk test, can you use pace? Can you set an easy pace? Yes, ish. Okay. Technically, there is no easy pace, right? There's faster or slower, and, we, and I don't necessarily like to say slower because that that doesn't that doesn't hit the right notes. And sometimes, sometimes there's a you, you can run the same pace, and that can be an easy day or a hard day, depending on lots of other factors. But for the sake of today's discussion, and for the sake of trying to give you the best chance to become a better runner as possible. If you want to set a legitimately slow pace, if, if you want to use a pace number, set a, a number that's legitimately feels pretty slow because that's probably pretty easy. Um, don't make it your marathon. Your marathon goal pace is not easy. Okay. Um, your half marathon goal pace, not e- any type of race pace. By default, that's a race. So by default, not easy. Okay. So if, if you're, if you're racing the marathon at nine minute pace, you're probably looking at at least 10 minutes to get into the easy zone. I would argue 10:30 to 11 is like the bare minimum of what would be easy. You set that for yourself, but keep your easy runs easy. That's that and that takes discipline. It takes discipline. It's not easy to do. Um, sometimes it's an ego hit when you look at your your Strava uh, or your Garmin and you're like and it's telling you that your fitness isn't improving because you'll get that a lot. That run was unproductive. No, Garmin, get the hell out of here. The run was not unproductive. It just wasn't productive by the metrics that you're trying to measure, but it was easy. So therefore it was productive because it was an easy day. All right. But be disciplined. Keep your easy runs easy. It's, it's, it's so important, so important to, to have that discipline and it's easy to let it creep away. It's easy to let it go. Ah, you know, I'm just, just, just going to push for the last half mile. I'm not even going to go all out. Just going to, just going to let let my, my pace go up a little bit. Let my heart rate go up a little bit. Pretty soon, that's the, oh, I'll just do it for the last mile. I'll just do it for the last half of my run. Pretty, pretty soon, the whole bloody run is not really easy. Definitely not easy, but it's also not hard. So what is it? Meh. Meh. Don't run meh. Be disciplined with your intensity. 
What about on hard days? What about on days when it's when it's a hard workout, when it's a tempo run, when it's uh, some type of speed interval, hill repeats, things of that nature? Yeah, when it's time to go hard, go hard. Go hard. And, and, and quite frankly, as much as I'm a heart rate evangelist, heart rate's not a good measure of, of going hard um, for a workout. All right? It's, it's a good way to know that your, your easy runs aren't easy. And it's, it's kind of cool to see some really kind of like, where the heck did that number come from heart rates on a hard workout day? But the best metric for am I going hard enough is, is quite honestly being, being honest with yourself, which is a terrible metric, even though it's the best metric because it's kind of the only metric, okay? And again, you could use pace. You could use pace. You could say that for this repeat, I want to run it at you know whatever time, six-minute pace, seven-minute pace for this quarter mile, whatever, whatever the case might be. Um, and it's not terrible, but maybe you could run it faster if you weren't setting yourself to this, this, this target, right? Maybe you could actually run it harder if you didn't limit yourself to running six minute pace or seven minute pace for this 400 meters. So when it comes to going hard, my, my recommendation is to, to go hard, go hard. Now, what does, again, what does that mean? And, and how do you have the discipline to go hard? So, or how do you improve it? I guess, how do you improve that discipline in, in controlling that intensity? Admittedly, again, this one's a little wishy-washy. It takes a little bit of practice. It takes some reps, something that you gotta, you've got to give yourself some grace, but trust that you're working towards it because it's real easy, real easy, spoken from experience, to convince yourself that you did a hard workout hard, even though you know that you didn't exactly do it as hard as you could. And, and what we're aiming for, whatever the workout, is that you can finish the workout and maybe go just a touch farther before you couldn't maintain that same level of intensity, that same pace, that same level of effort. So whether it's a short, you know, 60-second, almost all-out type of repeat workout, whether it's a four- or five-mile tempo run workout. Now, you're not going to run the same intensity for both of those. I think that's obvious, but just in case it's not, you're not going to run the same intensity, the same pace for those. The shorter the workout or the shorter the, the, the interval or the shorter the duration of hard, the harder you want to go. So 60-second, one-minute repeats, 200-meter repeats, 400-meter repeats, something like that. You might not be an all-out sprint, but you're going to be pretty darn close. Nine out of ten, nine and a half out of ten, something like that, where it's, it's not quite redlined. It's not quite, I might die if I keep running this hard, but it's close. And the idea is that you can maintain that effort for, if you're talking 60 seconds is the repeat goal, maybe for 65, 70 seconds. You could go just a little bit farther. You don't, but you could go just a little bit farther. That's the type of intensity we want. Now, on the, on the flip end, if it's, if it's that five-minute tempo run, that might be 85% effort, 8.5 out of 10. Note that's not like necessarily 85% of maximum heart rate. That's, that, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about level of effort. So it's it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to it's going to not feel great. But you could kind of maintain it for 3 miles, 4 miles, 5 miles for 30, 40, 50 minutes. Build some of that lactate threshold, the, the ability to clear more lactate from your system, increase your lactate threshold. Build some power. It's 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 important. And and with these hard workouts, you know, you can do that that tempo run, he says from experience, at a 7 out of 10. 
and it feels hard-ish. But when you finish and you're not really feeling like you're spent, you're kind of like, probably didn't get all the bang for my buck out of that one. So that's where the, the, the discipline comes from with hard workout intensity. You, you need to give it the right level of effort given the workout. Or else, you know, you get a little bit of benefit, but do you get the, the biggest bang from your buck? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Keep working at it. Keep dialing it in. You know, when you finish and you realize maybe I could have gone a little harder, make a mental note next time. You know, maybe you look at the paces or something like that. Maybe there's that, that little bit of external feedback and push a little harder. If you blow up before you get to the end, you know, if you run your 60 second interval and at 45 seconds, you're, you're sputtering and gasping and, and staggering across the line. All right, well, we pushed a little too hard back off just a little bit with some practice. You'll start to dial in what you want to feel like for those one minute repeats for those half mile repeats, mile repeats for fartlek runs for tempo runs for hill repeats. You'll, You'll start to dial it in. You'll start to get a feel. But the reason that one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I like looking at effort or intensity versus pace is as your fitness improves, you know, if, if you're, if you stay at an 8.5 out of 10 for your tempo runs, you're that the pace of that workout, it's going to get faster over time. The effort stays the same, still hard, still not easy. You're still moving the needle, but as your fitness improves, you start to see some of the, the metrics improve as well. But it's up to you to push yourself for a hard workout. It's it's not easy. It's hard. By definition, a hard workout should be hard. And it's, it's sometimes it's even more hard when you're keeping your easy runs easy because you're fresh. You're able to push. You're able to really push hard. That's where the magic happens. That's where the growth happens. So this this intensity discipline is huge. And when it comes to these hard workouts, while we're kind of on the subject. One thing that I that, that I like to stress or, or mention or, or, or you know re- remind the folks that I'm working with is that for any type of, of hard workout, you know it probably includes a little bit of a warm up, probably includes a little bit of a cool down. If it's a, if it's a repeat type of workout, there's probably some recovery intervals in there as well. When I look at the graph of their run, if if I know that they've got their intensities more or less right, if they're being disciplined with their workout. When I, when I look at the graph, whether it's on Strava or Garmin or, or whatever, whatever device on final surgeries is the platform I use as a coach, whatever device it is, wherever the, 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 the workout's been loaded. If I look at the graph and I can clearly see, all right, there was, they were going there. That was probably the warm up. Then bam. Okay. They got after it there and then back there recovered there and then bam. That means they probably got it right. Or at least pretty darn close to right. If I look at their graph and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe maybe they pushed it a little bit there, and eh, I don't know, eh. then then that's when we as we we you know that's when I put my coaching hat on and go, all right, look, nice nice effort, nice first step. We need to work on this a little bit. We need to, we need your your hard efforts to be harder. We need your easy efforts to be easier, especially during those workouts, because otherwise you're not getting much out of it. And and sometimes and maybe you you've thought this before, but that what does that do to my overall pace? We don't care about your overall pace on a workout, right? Especially for some type of interval workout. We want each interval, we want each interval to be pushed hard. So that means you might even walk some of the recovery. Guess what? That's okay. At least as far as I'm concerned, I don't know, maybe different coaches will tell you different things. Um, but, but as I understand physiology, as I, you know, have been doing this for, for at least a few minutes, um, prioritizing that recovery in between those hard sets, 
the key to getting the most out of each of those sets. And, and by sets, I mean like each hard, hard interval. So don't be afraid to walk for some of the recovery. Maybe all the recovery, depending on what, on what kind of, of intervals you're doing and how short the recovery might be. Maybe you walk the whole thing because that sets you up as, as refreshed as possible to hit the next interval hard. And that's what we want. And oh, by the way, if you're walking your intervals and then hammering the, the, the subsequent hard effort, makes it pretty obvious when you look at the graph that like, oh, we were getting after it here today. And that's, like I said earlier, gives you your biggest bang for your, your workout truck, workout buck. So having this, developing this, this discipline to, to keep your runs in the right zone, right intensity level, easy runs, easy, hard runs, hard recover during recovery intervals. If it's, if you run walking, you're recovering during your recovery intervals. If you're doing some type of speed workout, some type of, of speed repeats. Yeah. Recover, recover. That's, that's the discipline that it takes to have these more intense workouts really pay off for you. So there you go. Those are three areas. Like I said, where I, I think that a lot of folks, potentially you, probably you, but maybe not you could really focus on into the new year or into whatever, whatever going forward, whenever you listen to this going forward could help you become a better runner. However you want to define a better runner, whether it's running more miles and pumping up the volume, that'll help. Could help. Could help. There's diminishing returns, but it could help. Check out 1206. If you haven't listened to that one yet, whether it's just building on being consistent year after year, that definitely helps. Whether it's being more disciplined with your intensity and, you know, keeping your easy runs easy, pushing hard, hard, hard on the hard days. There's a pretty good chance that one of those, maybe two, maybe all three would help you, help you become a better runner, help you move forward on your running journey. But one, one final reminder before we wrap up this series, got to be patient, got to be patient. These changes take time. Okay. And, and you want to be a better runner tomorrow. I want to be a better runner tomorrow, but guess what? They're, they're adding more volume, being more consistent, being disciplined with your intensity. That none of those are magic switches that just that just you know tomorrow you wake up and it's like oh I'm I'm here I've arrived I'm better now. No, that's not how it works. You got to you got to implement these things and then stick with it. Give your body time to adjust. Give your body time to adapt to the changes. You know it's not it's not two weeks. It's not three weeks. It's not two months. You know, three, four, five, six months, you probably start to see a little bit of evidence that these things are working or whatever one you focus on is working. Start to notice a difference. Start to notice yourself, dare I say, becoming a better runner. Keep on keeping on. Keep building. Keep staying staying with it. Keep doing the work. Keep showing up. That's that's maybe the ultimate key to how you become a better runner. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. So whatever, whatever you need to become a better runner, whatever you need to move yourself forward. Hopefully this, these last three episodes helped a little bit, got you thinking a little bit. Of course, if I can help further from a coaching standpoint, I'm happy to do so. Get in touch. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out, you know, which level is right for you. Maybe it's just a phone call, talk through some things. We can make that happen too, but you know, you, you can do it. I believe you can do it. I believe that all of us, no matter where you are in your running journey, you can be better next year than you are this year. You can be better three years from now than you are now. 
And maybe that's not always going to be tangible the way you want it to be. Maybe, you know, there's a point where I guess we probably don't keep getting faster, right? But can you be a better runner? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe more volume, maybe more consistency, and or maybe a, a focus on being disciplined with your intensity. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cover a lot of bases. So take action. Take action is the moral of this story. What do you think? How do you do, how do you maintain discipline with your intensity? How do you keep your workouts on track? Make sure that your easy runs are easy. Your hard runs are hard. Is it something you struggle with? Thoughts on today's episode, comments, feedbacks, questions. Let me know. Let me know. At Diz Runs on Twitter. Or not on Twitter. Gosh, I got to stop saying it. It just comes out so automatically these days. At Diz Runs on X. That doesn't flow quite as well. At Diz Runs on Instagram. At Diz Runs on Threads. Let me know what you struggle with when it comes to being disciplined with your intensity. We can try to help work you through it there. Um, or just anything else, anything else from this series or anything else. Otherwise hit me up on social media, you know, shoot me an email, disruns at gmail.com. And of course you can also head over to the show notes for today. Memes, gifs, nonsense, as always. And there's that comment section down at the bottom. Feel free to fill that out. Ask questions. Give me your feedback. Tell me why I'm wrong. I, you know, I like to think I'm right, but Hey, you know, stranger things have happened. I've been wrong once or twice in my life. It could be, a, could be the third time. I don't know. Probably not, but let me know what, why you think I'm wrong in the show notes for today. Disruns.com. Slash twelve zero eight disruns.com slash twelve zero eight will get you back to the show notes for today. Thoughts, feedbacks, comments, all appreciated there. Uh one last call for dry seats today. Once again, I mean, you know, protect your car seat. Like it's not maybe it's not the end of the world if you get a little funk on your car seat, but like why? Why? When you can have a dry seat that's way better, way better than that spring break ninety seven. You know you've still got a spring break ninety seven towel. Actually, I hope you don't have a Spring Break 97 towel. But if you do, don't use that to protect your car seat. Get a, get a dry seat, dri-seats.com, Diz20 at checkout. Save yourself 20%. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for, uh, uh, thanks for, for putting the information to use. Hopefully, like I said, something from the last three weeks will click, and you go, yeah, I think, I think that might be what I need to do. Do it. Do it. If you have questions, let me know. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you.